Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Yvette. A focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Welcome to Mentally Yours, a weekly podcast on mental health issues brought to you by Metro.co.uk. I'm Ellen, Yvette's here too. We're sat in a cafe in West London. This week we're going to talk about Puro, a form of OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. The World Health Organization has ranked OCD in the top 10 of the most disabling illnesses. 12 out of every 1,000 people are affected. Our guest this week is Sally Biddle. She knows a lot about OCD because, well, she has it. She also writes for Metro.co.uk and is our social producer. It's, I guess, a, a bit less of a well-known version of OCD. Like You probably know OCD as being sort of being really overly tidy or being kind of, um, yeah, I guess, like, really obsessively clean mm-hmm. but this is sort of less to do with kind of like compulsions um and like sort of outward compulsions but more to do with internal so like intrusive thoughts is something that I really how I experience it so things kind of going round and round your head is that, yeah. yeah it's something that like everyone has everyone has um intrusive thoughts um but someone with OCD like I have it um will just it will get they'll get stuck on them um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, that's how I've experienced it anyway, yeah. What kind of intrusive thoughts do you get? Do you have any favourites you'd like to share with us? <laughs> or most hated? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, some like really key, yeah. fun ones, let's Poppies. think. Yeah, I wish uh, that would be amazing. That would be really <laughs> just intrusive poppy thoughts Can all the time. A bit distracting, <laughs> but nice. If only. No, I mean, the, 
the problem, I mean, there are many problems with having um, OCD, but the problem is, is that you get intrusive thoughts that are usually something that you find completely abhorrent. So I'm on medication now, so I don't actually really experience them anymore. But it used to be very distressing. Um, and so, for example, it could be just like really violent thoughts are the worst thing that I can do right now. So I don't know, like if you saw... Please don't judge me for any of this, by the way, because no, no, it makes me sound like I would hurt things, which I actually wouldn't. But, like, say you saw, like, a baby by the side of the road, your mm. brain would be like, kick it into the road. I'm like, obviously I don't want to kick a baby into the road, but it would get stuck into my head, and it was just so distressing. Um, things like, oh, when I used to drive, and I would drive across, when I was doing my master's, I'd drive across to Cardiff and go across the bridge, and I would... Um, I would get the most intense thought about driving, just like turning the wheel really quickly yeah. into mm -hmm. the traffic. And I wasn't at that point sort of suicidal at all, but for some reason I just couldn't get out of my head. So it would be a case of like, I'd actually have to stop the car at times to be like, okay, literally don't do this. So does mm -hmm. it feel like you're going to do it? Like if you're yeah. thinking about pushing the baby, or you're like, you're scared that you're actually gonna yeah. do it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing is, it's so full on that you kind of, you're so convinced that you're going to do it that it's terrifying. I think I can kind of relate to that in a little way because um, weirdly when I see pigeons, I always think, oh, what would, it, what would happen if I kicked a pigeon? The thing with OCD, and especially what I've found and what I've kind of read up about it is that it's, um, it can change over time. So what you get obsessed with can change all the time. Mm -hmm. So a lot of mine have, and this has stuck around unfortunately, is health anxiety so yeah. I used to just get the idea of like basically that I'd got a brain tumour for some reason I'd get some sort of pain I'd google it which is the worst thing to do ever um, convince myself I had a brain tumour and then I literally would not be able to take my mind off it to the point where I'd be sat there I remember at uni being sat there with my boyfriend at the time and just being like so lucky for him like I feel like I wish I was him because at least he wouldn't have to die of a brain tumour whereas like I wonder what that life must feel like to be free that he's not going to die of a brain tumour and I'm going to this is like I'm like so convinced that I'm literally just like this is this is it now it's happened so frequently like any kind of ailment I've gotten a lot better at it but I used to just be sort of convinced about things like that all all things like um like HIV before I knew that HIV wasn't um, something you could contract by like say if there was like blood on like a table or mm. not that I don't know why there'd be blood on the table you never know. <laughs> I'm looking down the table now if I thought by any chance I would brush my arm against it or somehow that would and that person for some reason would have HIV would then somehow infect me yeah and it was just this constant like what if what if whatever and it just spiraled and it would be completely it would just completely ruin days, weeks, months, just like obsessed with that thought. And I, it would have, basically I'd have to go to the doctor about yeah. every single thing, um, which I'm sure they loved. <laughs> so yeah, it can, it can vary. So how did all this fun start for you? Like, when did it start? How old were you? Um, well, the thing is, it's been kind of like quite a complex journey. Um, I was, when I was about, I think I was about 13, 12, 13, I um, developed an eating disorder and I um, kind of always thought that was my thing. Mm. It was like, that's what I'm about, is that my problem is I have an eating disorder and I managed to pull myself out of it, but over years of kind of relapsing with that anorexia mostly, um, 
that would be the thing that I was always trying to kind of get fixed, if you like. So going to various therapists and um, I mean, I didn't try medication until I was about like, you know, 22 or something. Um, but yeah, so then I, but then what I didn't realize was that I always felt like when I would get better from the eating disorder and I was eating healthily and I wasn't so obsessed with that, then there was this like, almost like a vacuum in my brain that was finding something to get obsessed with. So I never really put two and two together that it was something bigger than the eating disorder. But mm. what I think has happened, and I think this is the experience of quite a few people with OCD, is that you're, um, it can manifest in a lot of different ways and people don't get diagnosed with OCD until they're, sometimes they can be like in their 30s or anything like that. Mm. Because you kind of, your brain and yourself, you can find different ways of suppressing it. So whether that's, you know, through, I mean, mine have mostly been quite unhealthy ways of suppressing it. So eating disorders and um, I went through a really anxious phase of kind of like, I mean, I still do check things like light switches and plugs yeah. and stuff like that, but um, that was like one phase. And then another phase, I would just be sort of depressed. Um, then other things I've, you know, obviously tried like alcohol um, and, you just you're basically it's almost like you're what I've learned through therapy is that you're trying to suppress something and you're not actually dealing with the thing that's causing all of these manifestations so I didn't know what OCD was in terms of like pure O if you want to sort of call it that so I think I was just like always thought I was like that I always thought it was quite weird like I would just assume that I was just a little bit quirky and kind of like try and laugh it off like oh it's, yeah it's really funny I had to like think loads when you were on the plane otherwise you might die I mean like, that was lols isn't it that was loads of fun like just stuff like that just would I kind of thought well okay well I'm just kind of quirky it's all fine um but kind of not really acknowledging how distressing it was can you talk us through some other things that have helped us um to manage your OCD generally lots mm. of yeah mm. therapy was really really good and finding the right therapist is really really important because I've, I've had a lot of different I've had a plethora and um, some of them have been shocking some mm. of them have been life-saving some of them have been you know it depends also what they are like some of them have like a humanist approach which is you kind of talking through and then kind of feeding it back to you and it's it's not for me, what I needed was someone to kind of go, okay, these are some strategies and some ta uh, coping mechanisms. Yeah. Um, I was very lucky because I, in my previous job, had um, private healthcare. So I was able to get um, a therapist privately. Mm. But previously to, to that, I was relying on NHS and um, different centres. Um, so that was really helpful because they happened to bring up a lot of things about I don't know just kind of kind of just being heard as well was really helpful for me yeah for someone to go no that's totally legitimate what you're saying like um and also listening to my previous experiences I've been through a, a fair amount and for them to kind of go well, it's completely understandable that you feel like this looking after yourself and not drinking too much mm -hmm. is definitely helpful like when I have like a big weekend or something I mean yeah I can tell that my mental health's a little bit yeah off kilter I totally get that like the morning after 
because I'm not meant to drink with my meds. I do though, but like the morning after it will be like, oh God, why did I do that? Definitely. When you were talking about therapy, you mentioned that it was really good to feel heard and have someone listen to what you were saying. At that point, were you telling other people about what you were dealing with? Were you kind of keeping it secret? Um, When I saw that therapist, Mm. um, that was actually a bit of a funny period which happened last year and I ended up getting signed off from work because um, I tried to switch meds, which I think is part of the reason why it all came up. In retrospect, it was probably really good for me because I think what had happened was that after... I'd sort of gone on sexually and I was like, everything's fine. I don't need any therapy. I'm all good. And I was just like dancing through life. And then when I started realizing, I was thinking, I don't know what I thought. Sexually wasn't working that well for me anymore. So I spoke to my doctor. I hadn't been to therapy for ages. Um, she said, oh, have you thought about trying something different? Sometimes you can get... Um, Tolerance. Tolerant, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I try. So I basically came off that. It is a horrible process, by yeah. the way. Like if anyone, um, I mean, you have to really stagger it, don't you? Yeah, you can't, can't just come off. That's a terrible idea. It just, yeah, no, 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 definitely not. Like brain zaps and all sorts. But that's not to put people off. But um, yeah. So anyway, I, I tried to change onto Prozac, and that just didn't really work out for me. So I went really downhill very quickly and got signed off work. Um, I went to this therapist. I realised within that time what had happened was I'd, um, it's almost like some unresolved stuff came up Um, and so I mean by that point I would have had to have told, like I told my family and my fiancé and stuff like that obviously because they knew that I was off work and it is quite tricky when you're you're signed off work because you then have to be very honest with your work colleagues like well not really work colleagues but I mean essentially your boss needs to kind of know Mm. um not in huge amounts of depth but um so that was that was really tough because obviously you know like when you're at work you want to be professional and you kind of don't want to show any signs of weakness especially if you think that person wouldn't understand um but yeah I mean it was it was great because I think it definitely just needed that time just to actually go, all right, I didn't actually, I didn't sort this all out completely. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.